Welcome to Health Virtually Uncensored with Dr. Joe Kavidar, a podcast series brought to you by the American Telemedicine Association, the only organization completely focused on advancing telehealth. Join Dr. Kavidar in candid conversations with the leaders and innovators offering real-world perspectives and practical knowledge to impact change in our current healthcare environment. Today's guest is Dr. Gita Nair, former chief medical officer at Salesforce and a nationally recognized leader in health IT. She's author of the book, Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Information Illness. This month's episode is presented in partnership with the Center for Innovation in Digital Healthcare at Massachusetts General Hospital, a one-stop shop for clinical innovation, research, and validation. CIDH leverages an expansive network of advisors, faculty, and experts throughout Mass General Brigham to support the acceleration of digital health solutions on behalf of internal researchers and industry partners. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Kavidar, host of the podcast series Health Virtually Uncensored by the American Telemedicine Association. Each month, I welcome guests to talk about topics relating to telehealth and virtual care innovation. I've had many thought-provoking conversations over the last few months with topics ranging from trust in this omni-channel world, health equity and disparities, and artificial intelligence. And if you haven't listened to those episodes, I do hope you'll go back after you finish this one and listen and catch up with those because they're all really thought-provoking and I enjoyed those interviews a lot. But as we continue to think about this brave new world, a topic that comes up all the time in the general news, but maybe not enough in our professional circles, is the topic of misinformation and disinformation. Fake news, deep fakes, the use of algorithms to keep feeding us the information we want to hear, it all seems inescapable, and technology is often held to blame. We're going to talk about that here in a minute or two. In healthcare, misinformation has devastating consequences, not just for patients, but for healthcare professionals and society as a whole. When my guest today told me she was writing a book about misinformation in healthcare, I thought, It could not come at a better time. During the COVID pandemic, information was weaponized for political, economic, and moral gain. As we embrace the digital transformation of health, we need to do better and better understand this issue and gain expertise on combating misinformation as if it's another virus that we need to collectively squash. Dr. Gita Nyar is the author of the book, Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Misinformation Illness. She's the former Chief Medical Officer at Salesforce and a nationally recognized leader in health IT, as well as a practicing physician. I'm pleased to note that she's also a member of the ATA Board of Directors, and I have the privilege of serving on that board with her. You've probably seen her in numerous appearances on CNN, CNBC, and other media channels, so I'm delighted that she spent her time with us today so that we can get more into this important topic of misinformation, especially on this special Telehealth Awareness Week edition of our podcast. Gita, welcome, and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's just wonderful to talk with you. Thanks for making this happen. So I want to start by asking you to paint a picture of the consequences of misinformation for both the patient and the clinician. Your book highlighted some heartbreaking personal stories 
And I was hoping you could share one of those with us so the listeners get a sense of uh, just how important this work is. Thanks, Joe. First, I just want to thank you, not just for having me on, but also for writing the foreword to the book. It was very meaningful for you to do that. So thank you for that. And, you know, I very much started this project with with my team. So the Map Change team, who is a group of journalists and researchers, helped me really bring a lot of the stories that I have, not just anecdotally from my own career, but for many thought leaders in our industry, ranging from Megan Rainey to Anish Chopra to Peter Hotez. And we really found the same theme. And I I think that's critical to to this discussion, because while I have certainly one story to share, many stories to share, what's more disheartening is that all of our colleagues, yourself included, I'm sure, have, have similar stories. And what really inspired the book was one of my patients very early on from my training. I was actually a resident at George Washington University doing my internal medicine residency. And it was really at the height of the AIDS epidemic. And I had this young man, he was probably around my age at the time in his early 20s. And he was dying of AIDS. He had a terrible coccygeal meningitis. He was cachectic. And Right when you meet a patient like that, you understand their life expectancy and their prognosis is is, is quick and, and pretty terrible. And in talking with him, you know, his his first he, he was just so confused. He's like, I don't understand, Doc. I'm not I'm not a homosexual. I, you know, I was told that you had to be a homosexual to get AIDS. And I never thought it related to me. And he went on to talk about his church. He went on to talk about his community. He went on to say this is his understanding between him, his friends, and and all the places that he got his information and all the places he trusts. And so to be the bearer of the diagnosis of a terminal diagnosis like that at that time was really, really struck me as as a new doctor in training. And when COVID happened, I felt it was very similar. I, I felt so many people were misinformed so convinced in their communities and their world that they were doing the right thing. And they, in fact, wanted to do the right thing for their health. They simply did not have access to the right information and the right messengers. Yeah, that it really, one of my favorite quotes from your book was, was that disinformation grows in the dark. And, and I think you've really illustrated that quite nicely here. Part of the communications challenge is that healthcare and healthcare decision-making is often really nuanced. We learn more every day, and so recommendations that we may have made yesterday may not be relevant today, or they might be different tomorrow. I think for me, anyway, that was part of the challenge during the pandemic, that we were learning as we went along, and, and it made it sound sometimes like we didn't exactly know what we were talking about. Nuance in communication is, is challenging. So it's especially true as we also live in this headline culture that we live in today, where people, uh, TLDR, right, too long, didn't read, they just read the headline and move on. So (laughs) how can we harness technology to make all this better? Well, you know, again, I think it's not a technology question, right? If you go back, and again, this is meant to be a post-pandemic discussion, but if you look at what we learned from COVID, it's very clear that there were a lot of trust issues right? People were going to the people they trust. And oftentimes that was not the doctor. It was the barber. It was the neighbor. It was their 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 mother or whomever. But the reality is 57% of all Americans still trust their doctor. 
The question is, do they have one? And when was the last time they saw them, right? And how can they access them conveniently and potentially 24-7? And that's really the, the technology piece. One of the stories we share in the book is from the Cleveland Clinic. I, you know, I interviewed Paul Matson from the Cleveland Clinic, who heads their marketing and communications department. And as you know, they do a brilliant job. They do a brilliant job of distributing evidence-based information, telling human-centered stories, and really making their doctors the partners to their patients and partnered with YouTube and really at this enterprise level, use social media and their communication strategy to simply highlight the services that they provide as a hospital system every day. And if you're not doing that, right, if you're not partnering, partnering with marketing, communications, IT, if you don't have that digital footprint, the Dr. Jane Doe or John Doe on TikTok is going to beat you to it, right? The consumer in this consumer-centric healthcare system that we're living in, the consumer is looking for information on their time, at their convenience, and in a relatable, reachable way. So if your enterprise is not doing that, if your health system is not doing that, if you as a doctor in practice don't have a digital footprint, you've effectively not put together a patient acquisition and retention strategy. So this is marketing, but it's also tech, but it's the, it's the acknowledgement of the human factor that is the hardest part, right? Is how do you connect and communicate with people? And Joe, you and I know doctors are not necessarily the best communicators of, of <laughs> simplifying science, but that's where we lean into our partnerships with marketing, communications, our tech partners to amplify and scale that message. But it has to be a priority and not just because it's cute, not because in healthcare, we've always thought of marketing as cute, but because this is your patient acquisition and retention strategy. There is ROI very tangibly associated with these things. And as we see retailers entering the market who are very good at this, it's important that providers acknowledge that as a priority. Well, it's something that you're really driving home here that resonates with me is this idea that we have to be proactive and meet patients where they are. I often will talk about how you know physicians are trained, they go out and at least some in some level hang a shingle and sick people come find them, whereas the rest of the world operates on a different set of principles. You have to go out and find the people that are going to consume your service. So I think we have a long way to go on that. And and particularly the more sort of scientific and academic you get, the more you sort of turn your nose up at that whole thing. And there's something that people in our, and I'm in an academia, and we, they revel in making things complex. And I'm a big fan of making things simple. One of the things I really enjoyed about your book was that it's just written in such a style that any anyone can pick it up and, and get so much out of it. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. That was definitely the idea. And it was not too too easy to do that. So I appreciate the compliment. Thanks, Joe. So talk to me a little bit about misinformation on the physician side. We we sort of talked a little bit about how it affects patients. But what about physician burnout? Tell me a little bit about that angle. How do you see that? And are there tools at our disposal to fix it? So that's really the question, right? In an era where we have physicians leaving the industry in droves, we have physicians reporting 63% of them in 2021 reporting burnout. And look, if you try to make a doctor's appointment in different parts of the country right now, you might have to wait three to six months. So that compounded with this, this chronic ever-growing problem of misinformation is only making it worse. It, it means that the consumer and health literacy is that much more important because oftentimes you're not going to have a doctor or you're simply not going to have access to them for that personalized prescription or that personalized information. 
So all the more important as those of us in digital transformation do the work of optimizing our EHR, optimizing our patient engagement strategies, figuring out where generative AI can play a role. Look, I think generative AI is fantastically cool. I I think it could solve a lot of problems as it relates to physician burnout if we use it the right way, right? If we focus on documentation, if we focus on prior auth, if we focus on automating the things that we need to automate so our physicians can actually have a relationship with their patients, that's one piece. The second piece is generative AI could help us answer these questions, could help us identify uh, patients that need more information, more support, more of the personalized touch. But we have to be very intentional about the way we use these technologies, tools, and also learn from them. Because we are at a crossroads in healthcare where we have so much innovation. We are living in a really cool time in in healthcare and health tech, Joe, and I'm excited about it. But it's very important that we also understand the ethical ramifications. We understand the good, the bad, and the ugly. We have to be very cognizant of not increasing health inequities and making sure that our own human biases are not embedded into these technologies, particularly uh, AI, as we're still continuing to learn more about it. So, so I think there's a lot, a lot we can do, but the key is really being intentional, focusing on how to partner doctors with patients, and the burnout issue is real. So whatever we can do to unburden our doctors and nurses, that is half the battle to having a good relationship and therefore good communication. This next question we've partially touched on, but I want to drill a little bit more into it. There's a sense that other industries, particularly, I I riff on this constantly, how other industries are so far ahead of healthcare when people think that I sometimes get it right when I'm thinking about the future. It's really that I'm just looking around me at what other service industries are doing. They're usually at least 10 years ahead in this information-rich world. So the idea that they understand how to target and segment consumers. Again, you you spoke to some of this, but how do we get healthcare people to get on the stick? And I guess not not only not be afraid and implement, but also not take it that it's, as I alluded to earlier, so such a sort of dirty, filthy thing to do. How do we get there? Well, you know, my, my stab at this, Joe, right? And I won't pretend to have the silver bullet here, but I, I do think it it requires thinking differently. And as we see retailers entering the market, we see the Amazons of the world entering the market. I think they're going to push us because they do this every day, right? They know exactly who their customers are before they are. They know exactly how to segment them and they know exactly how to reach them at the point of making a purchase or a decision. And healthcare, we've got to do that. We've got to do that better. And it, it's, you know, we're so good at silos. This is actually a cross C-suite priority that needs to happen. Everyone from the CEO to the marketing, to the CIO, right? To the head of marketing and the CIO. This has to be a cross-collaborative priority that marketing and technology, the heads of tech, they have to realize that the EHR is just as connected to the MarkCom strategy. It's not as simple to say, okay, you're in charge of the website, you're in charge of marketing the hospital, but we, we deal with the providers, we deal with the doctors, the nurses, and the staff. It's all connected. To the consumer, it's all connected. And again, the voice of trust The place, the Surgeon General in every neighborhood is the local physician that families go to for their children if it's a pediatrician, women, OBGYN, and primary care doctors. And so leading with your heroes and doing very similar to Cleveland Clinic, really leaning in to that marketing and clinical connection is really key. And look, I saw it a lot at Salesforce. The the fact that marketing and, and the folks touching clinical work were separated. And and there was a confusion of, 
well, we're just marketing. I know we we deal with patient engagement to drive care gaps. You and I know that's the same thing, right? And it's not a dirty word. That this again, this idea that marketing is a nice to have, patient engagement is a nice to have, our shingles up, everyone's gonna come. It's just not the reality anymore, namely because we continue to see disruptions happening. There are some amazing startups right now that are changing things. And frankly, with the burnout issue, we're also going to see a rise in allied health professionals. If there are not enough doctors, if we don't continue to recruit enough doctors to the, to the position, we will also see a, a growth in allied health professionals. And we, we have to be really cognizant of how we build the trust for the consumer and ensure that they're getting the right knowledge from the right person at the right time. And that directly impacts costs. Everything as it relates to misinformation ultimately has to get cleaned up by the doctors and the nurses. And we saw that very clearly during COVID with ERs just overrun with patients with bad information. So it, it all comes around. I'm a big believer in karma. It, it all comes around. <laughs> and, and the health systems, the healthcare leaders that understand this and are willing to not work in silos, but instead say, no, these are all connected. Anyone touching the consumer is connected. And that includes the providers, those marketing to them, and then ultimately servicing them are going to be the winners. I, I, I do think consumers are going to challenge us. And as we see also the rise of TikTok and social media, fantastic channels. If you're a real doctor with a real message and a real system trying to do value-based care, if you can do it right, you can really motivate and inspire your patients as well as do some amazing campaigns. But we've just not really done that well at scale. We've, we've seen pockets of success in the industry, but we have to now come together and, and really appreciate the crossroads we're at and, and think differently and think big. Before we wrap up, I want to come back to the book because we, we've talked about a lot of what I would call orthogonal conversations related to, but I, I did want to give you a chance just to summarize for the listeners, pique their interest. I loved and read it. And, and uh, again, thanks for the opportunity to get a read ahead of time and collaborate with you on the forward. But yeah, give us a little, just a walk through the arc of the narrative and and some of the takeaways for our listeners. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for that. You know, the book is very much a personal story. I really talk about it from the lens as a doctor in training, then a full-fledged physician, and then a, a doctor now in, in tech sort of trying to solve these problems at scale. But it is a collection of stories of a, of a variety of thought leaders in the industry, both in public health, clinical medicine, policy. Medical students, some of my medical students are, and their stories are highlighted in the book and, and even patient stories. So it's meant to be in storytelling format, a book that outlays the problem, possible solutions, and a look at the future as we think about all these different tools we have from artificial intelligence to social media to EHRs. And it really does all point back to understanding the humanity that remains at the center of healthcare. And how can you use technology tools to empower that humanity, whether it is the frontline staff, whether it is the consumer, or whether it's the folks that are in charge of these things from a policy standpoint, and helping them truly understand at the grassroots level what's happening, what's happening in everyday healthcare. And I do want to emphasize that this is a post-pandemic book. Misinformation has been around in diabetes care, primary care, fertility, you name it. Someone has a vitamin for it. Someone has snake oil for it. And so it is a, a call to action around a very ever-present and chronic issue that doctors see every day in every specialty. And so how do we at scale 
um, acknowledge it, prioritize it, and use some of these new innovations to address it. Well, thanks for that. Gita, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Gita's book is called Dead Wrong, Diagnosing and Treating Healthcare's Information Illness. You can get it for pre-order now on Amazon or I, I imagine any of the other platforms. Gita, how can people find more out more about you? What What's your uh, uh, online presence and, and your social media handles if, if people want to follow you? Thanks so much, Joe. So again, the book is live on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, sort of everywhere they sell books. And the best website, I, I think, with everything you need is just drgeethanayer.com. We've got everything there for you. Thanks, Joe. That's Gita with two E's and Nair with two Y's, drgeethanayer.com. Thank you, Gita, again, for taking time out of your schedule to join us. As I mentioned earlier, the ATA's third annual Telehealth Awareness Week will be taking place next week, September 17 through 23. There'll be dozens of educational webinars and in-person events taking place during the week. The TAW website, www.telehealthawareness.org, includes a resource center with informative materials and a calendar listing all of the events taking place during the week. Also, as part of TAW ATA Action, our advocacy arm is hosting a fly-in event in D.C. where members of ATA Action and the Patient Voices for Telehealth Coalition will meet with members of Congress to provide insights on key issues affecting the accessibility of healthcare services delivered via telehealth. Go to the website. Once again, it's www.telehealthawareness.org to learn more about opportunities to participate. If you enjoyed the podcast, please, please, please subscribe. That way you'll get Gita will show up in your inbox. So you don't have to search around. Share. Uh, like the podcast, leave us a review. It all, all helps other people find this work and helps us move our mission forward. So thanks for your time today. And thank you again, Gita, for uh, participating. Thanks for listening to Health Virtually Uncensored with Dr. Joe Kavidar, a podcast series by the American Telemedicine Association. This episode presented in partnership with the Center for Innovation in Digital Healthcare at Massachusetts General Hospital, a one-stop shop for clinical innovation, research, and validation. CIDH leverages an expansive network of advisors, faculty, and experts throughout Mass General Brigham to support the acceleration of digital health solutions on behalf of internal researchers and industry partners.